right, welcome friends. Uh, welcome back if you're joining us again or welcome if this is your first time, we are thrilled to have you. This is our Q&A series uh, where we get to dive a little bit deeper and sit down with some of our pastors here at MRCC and discuss God's teaching in greater detail. So joining us today is Pastor Greg. Thank you for, for joining us, for being here. And uh, today we're gonna discuss the Set Apart Sermon, Grateful, part of our Set Apart series. And, and we're kind of winding towards the, the home stretch of our Set Apart series. Um, so we're gonna be talking about Grateful, where we learned that we're meant to realize that we shouldn't be seeking holiness because we need to achieve it to be saved but instead we ought to seek holiness as a response because we are already saved through Jesus. So first question to, to kick us off here, we're presented in the sermon with this idea that God wants us to live from his choice to love us yeah. rather than from our ability to win his love. Yeah. Now this can be especially difficult for many younger people to grasp because of how much insecurity and unpredictability surrounds the fragile relationships that we see so often yeah. in this day and age. Mm. So the question sort of for us to discuss is what can we do as adults to help demonstrate and teach this idea to the younger generation? Well, you know, it, it's a good point because whenever we limit our relationship with God to the to what we've experienced in the world, you know, we're we're kind of missing the point because what God is 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 the way the world should be, right? So, um, you know, when I, I think the short answer to your question is listen to what God is saying when He says to us, "Only live up to what we have already attained," right? He's creating that security that we rightly crave, but he's telling us, hey, I'm not asking you to measure up or else. I'm telling you, hey, you're mine. That's a done deal. That's settled. Now live up to being mine, right? And so he, he teaches us to begin with the security because he is unlike the relationships that we've had here on earth. So, you know, as every young person grows up, one of the things that will usually happen is they begin to understand that their parents were just human beings and all these hangups we have about mom and dad, we start to realize, well, gosh, they're no different than me. They yeah. were young and kids. So uh, just as an aside, I always encourage people, this is a little dated, but I always encourage people to kind of watch Field of Dreams because at the yeah. end of it, uh, Kevin Costner says, man, he's just a kid. And he realizes his dad was uh, incapable of providing that security that he craved as a boy. But God does. And so yeah. God gives us this part of his word to settle us in a different kind of relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. So then kind of piggybacking on that, can you think of maybe a, a good practical example of maybe from a parenting standpoint, what's maybe a, an example of how a parent can properly oh, yeah. impart this idea to their kids of living up yeah. to what they've already yeah, yeah, retained yeah. or what's a, a way that that doesn't is done not properly? You bet. Well, a good way is like I, I made it a, 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 a priority for me as a father to always call my son son yeah i just call him son all the time hey son son and you know sometimes that felt awkward to him yeah i don't care you know yeah. I, I want him to know that he's mine 
that yeah. I own him, that he belongs to me, that he has my love. Uh, you know, I didn't have a daughter, but it would have been similar, yeah, you know, absolutely. the same way. Um, and, and by just using that language, you know, another way that I do this is every single person I talk to in the church or any believer that I meet, I always call him sister. I always call him yeah. brother and people kind of giggle and laugh and it's sort of old fashioned in some ways it is. But at the same time, they love it. I can tell they like me to say my brother. Kind of reinforces this, yes. this idea and, the, yeah. and this. It's this. it's a practical thing that creates the security. So yeah, to do to do little things like that are uh, are really helpful. Absolutely. Okay. Next question is, as we kind of move on, we hear in the sermon that, that church isn't optional, right? Yeah. This idea that, that church isn't just, oh, you know, I'm free this weekend. I'll go. Uh, but it's essential to our faith. Mm-hmm. So what about someone who is isolated by circumstances yeah. and maybe doesn't have a way to connect or fellowship with others? What would God desire for that person? No, that's a great question, Brent. And, and the reality is that there's lots of folks in that position. Uh, I, I think there's a difference between putting ourselves in that position and being put in that position. But if we find ourselves in that position, look, the word church doesn't mean a building you occupy on Sunday right, or whatever day of the week. It, it means fellowship with other believers in a regular, uh, structured way. That's the way the commandment was originally written. So uh, to, to find a community of people that you meet with regularly where there's there's a spiritual teacher, leader, mm-hmm. uh, authority uh, in whatever way you can, whether that's online, whether that's a small group, a home group, or whether it's just two of you around a campfire, yeah. you know, or two of you uh, meeting at Starbucks, you know, but to do that, you know, biblically, God would say every seven days, so at least once a week to have that direct, meaningful engagement where you share, you know, your faith with each other, um, that's what church is. Yeah. Now it's really easy to do it at a building where a bunch of people of course. take care of everything for you. Um, and you know, to be a part of a local church is crucial because the Bible teaches that God reveals himself to us through each other. Yeah. No, that, that's a big deal. Yeah. Right. So like first John four twelve says, um, you know, that if we love one another, God lives in us. If we love one another, if we live in love, community with each other, then God inhabits that, right? And the scripture says his love is made complete and it becomes visible to us. You know, another example, I think of 1 Peter 4.10 that says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in his various forms. In other words, when I give myself to you, part of what you experience is me, but another part of what you experience is God flowing through me to you. So if we see ourselves as conduits, if you will, uh, to allow God to flow into our lives, then suddenly being with each other is a huge deal. Uh, and Christians have always, uh, grasped this reality that when we come together, we are most like God. I can get into a whole discussion of this, but yeah. that's, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and you bring that up, that's going to be a kind of a central point that we're going to focus on in uh, the next episode yeah, that we're going to be filming. Week. So stay tuned for that. First John chapter yeah. four, 12, we're going to be talking about that yeah. uh, shortly. So go check that episode out after you watch this one. Um, but, uh, very good. So f- then a follow-up maybe to yeah. that. So I think we have this idea just, you know, culturally we've gotten this idea that, 
you know, a monk who goes in great isolation and goes yeah. away by themselves. Or uh, I remember watching the show Alone in the Wilderness. I don't know if you remember that sure. show. The guy yeah. who goes yeah. out and does the thing yeah. in Alaska he builds. And it's just very... Uh, there, there's culturally sort of this special spirituality or um, almost meditative natural spirituality surrounding yeah. isolation like yeah. that. Would you say that maybe that's then not exactly... I think we can tend to think that like that's the ultimate spirituality, but that's not what God teaches us. Is that is that no? Sort of... I, I think it's both. Okay, right. Uh, I think we should have rhythms of both in our lives. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, so he got away on his own. So it's not either or, right? Sometimes we make this false dichotomy: extrovert, introvert. One yeah. is godly, one is it's nothing like that. It's both. The introverts need other people more than they know. And the extroverts need solitude more than they know. Yeah. So to practice both is God's plan for us. For sure. You know, there's a beautiful illustration of this. John Ortberg talks about it. He says, what we see God doing in the garden uh, of Eden with Adam and Eve before the fall is really beautiful. The scripture says he came, he came walking in the cool of the evening. Well, what that means is the rest of the time he wasn't there. Yeah. You know, he didn't impose his presence. He drew near to affirm, then he withdrew to allow them to discover their independence and uniqueness. Then he drew near, then he withdrew. Uh, healthy parenting, child psychologist tells us, healthy parenting does that. It doesn't helicopter, right? Yeah. And it doesn't abandon. Instead, it draws near and the child feels affirmed and then it pulls back and the child goes, hey, I'm an individual. And then yes. it draws near and says, yes, you are. But you're part of a community. And then it goes, right? So it's both, yeah. right? Both solitude and community. Yeah, For sure. Okay. Uh, another follow-up on this general topic, just because there's a lot to go into here. Now, about uh, the importance of, of church, right? Yeah. What if uh, what if there's church hurt? What if the church hasn't been so great to you? You know, <laughs> what, what if? is that? Well, what if, right? Um, but yeah. maybe there's you know people who have experienced a more extreme yeah. version of that. Yeah. What's what's it look like then? I mean, yeah. is that sort of what well, are we supposed to do? Yeah, no, it's a great question. There's always church hurt. Whenever there's family hurt, there's friendship hurt, there's marriage hurt, you yeah. know. Um, whenever people who are imperfect spend time together, there's going to be hurt. Um, so, you know, the short answer to that question is that's a journey that each one of us has to go on. But what, you know, God says, don't don't take the journey. Yeah. Right. Forgiveness is something we have to learn. We need to learn uh, because forgiveness sets us free, even as it sets others free. So to forgive, to move on, to uh, continue on the journey. Right. We say, I'm not healed yet, so I'm not going to start the journey. God says you won't get healed until you start the journey. Right. Yeah. So um, to continually seek that community. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that in seasons we don't seek it differently. Uh, I'll just be very transparent. There was a time in my life when I was deeply hurt. Uh, I had suffered a number of uh, both health and social uh, hurts. And so for a short period in my life there, I went to church every Sunday because I knew God wanted that. But I sat in the very back corner, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I didn't have a lot of conversation with other people that went on for a couple of months. But even as I was doing that, I knew the Lord was saying, hey, Greg, I understand that you're hurt, but you need to forgive and you need to let healing happen. And of course it did. Yeah. But it wouldn't have if I didn't receive that call to disciplined community, to being a part of the fellowship. So yeah, 
For sure. Uh, this is where we'll, we'll end this line of questioning. But uh, related to this idea, we actually have a question that was asked in a comment on sure. our uh, on our episode about the, the poor yeah. sermon, right? Uh, it kind of related. Someone was wondering if they're sort of in a shut-in situation or they're isolated kind of by circumstances, how can they best serve the poor from that place? Oh, boy. Um, so Jesus teaches a beautiful paradigm that we often overlook. He's always talking to us about our neighbor, right? Sometimes we hear the poor and all we can think of is, you know, Ethiopia or uh, Afghanistan or or wherever. We, We think of the poor as being over there. But poverty is not merely a lack of things. It's a lack of opportunity. It's a lack of attention. It's a lack of affirmation. Um, so look around at the people who are near you. Maybe that's through an online community or, or maybe that's the person in the next apartment, you know, to minister to your poor neighbor yeah. means whoever's near you and whatever opportunities you have. So, uh, again, don't, don't, you know, the shut in, the idea was, well, I'm, I'm stuck here. Well, where you are, there are poor. Look there. <laughs> right. Yeah, look yeah. there. And uh, uh, again, poverty comes in so many different ways. I love what Mother Teresa said, um, you know, when asked to describe the worst kind of suffering. She said the worst suffering of all. And this is a woman who's been collecting lepers off the street, right? Yeah. She said the worst suffering of all is loneliness. Yeah. Is nobody paying attention to you. And so sometimes we can minister to the poor profoundly, but paying attention to them, you know, and, and so, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in the sermon, we shift kind of into this idea that we've been given everything, right? That there's this prize. We talk about the race that we're running. There's this prize waiting for us at the end of our race. And, uh, it can be kind of difficult for some of us, I think, to grasp how amazing that everything is when it seems so intangible compared to how tangible a lot of the worldly rewards that we have are. So in that light, how can we best grasp the weight of God's promised prize when it can be so tough to visualize it? Yeah. Well, you you put your finger on a great point. So first of all, you and I need to grasp the greater intangibility of the tangible. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, all the immediate things that we have around us, the things that would tempt us to, to, to be more gratifying. Yeah. They're all passing. They're all passing. You know what I mean? Uh, You eat and then you're hungry again, right? You have a relationship and then it falls apart and you want another relationship and it goes on and on and on like this. And, uh, the eternal is eternal, right? So, when we understand how intangible the tangible is, then it opens up our heart and our soul to the reality that there there must be much more. You know, you almost have to get a little nihilistic about the worldly and you can put it that way. Tangible yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to go to that place a little uh, bit. Well, um, I would. I hear you. Yeah, but I would say a little more realistic. Yeah, you know, okay. because a lot of people are living for things they can't keep. Right, they're living for appetites that they can't really satisfy. Yeah, Jesus says, "What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul?" You and I are inwardly more than we are outwardly, yeah. and we must pay attention to that. and And that happens when we uh, so. So let me just add to that as well, though. Um, you know, God tells us some very specific things about heaven, and they're pretty awesome. Right? Yeah. So, for example, He tells us just in the simplest form imagine that you never had to hurry again in your life 
Because you have unlimited time. That sounds nice. <laughs> it does sound nice. Imagine unlimited. I could use some more time. Wow, right? And and then we can go on. You know, God tells us that heaven is a tangible place. It's a, a new earth. So we're talking dirt, rocks, grass, animals, water. It's you not know. fluffy clouds all over. And just <laughs> right? That's it. You know? but, but, you know, it's tangible. Sometimes we think that heaven is intangible. But in fact, it's more tangible. When Jesus talks about it, he talks about earthly appetites being ultimately satisfied. So uh, it's when we recognize the intangibility of what seems tangible that we discover the tangibility of what seems intangible. I like it. Okay. Um, You want to just talk your mic up just a a tad bit there um, and then we'll transition into this. So, okay. The, the servant story yeah. in Luke chapter 17. Uh, we You touch on this in the sermon because yeah. it's kind of, it's hard to understand contextually, but yeah. I think it's important. I want to make sure we talk about this uh, because it was explained well, but it's such a big contextual gap for us in this day and age that it can be still hard to kind of grasp it fully. So uh, I'm going to frame this. Let me know if I've got the idea okay. right. I'm going to sort of present what, what I think we're, we're working with here. So we're taught in the context of the time that the servants would have had far less prospects if they weren't in their servant position. Absolutely. And so the servant's heartfelt response ought to be gratitude and humility. Exactly. Um, and in the same way, we would have no eternal prospects without God's grace as our master. And so our heartfelt response also should be gratitude and humility in the face of such a blessing. Is, is that exactly. kind of Spot right on? on. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So in this moment, Jesus is using something the people would have uh, would have had experience with. Yep their relationship to their servants, because he's right. talking to the people who would have had servants right. in this moment. And he's using that to teach them, and by extension us, the attitude that we should have with God. Exactly. Yeah, the idea is that we don't take anything for granted. Okay, got know? it. And when we, and, and that that's all, all, all tied up in this idea that everything we, we have comes from God, our ability to think, question, yeah. and so on and so forth. So if we never take anything for granted, right, then then doing what is right and good becomes of course what you would do out of gratitude yeah absolutely so mm-hmm. fantastic all right uh this is where we'll wrap up this this episode with the, this last question so that whole story serves to show us that that self-pity right and feeling sorry for ourselves is detrimental to our it's faith yeah. and it stunts our understanding of god mm-hmm. on a human level is our self-pity rooted in some other emotion or place where does it come from or is it kind of its own beast and what are some practical ways that we can help manage it and fight against that's a really good question brent and there's a very biblical answer so the bible tells us in metaphor that when adam and eve sinned that their response was to cover themselves the scripture says they sewed garments together and put them and they became conscious that they were naked all of this is metaphor for they became self-conscious and you know the reality is that we all wrestle with that. We wrestle with the feeling that we're not enough. We wrestle with the feeling that we fall short. We wrestle, you know, they talk about imposter syndrome. We wrestle with yep. the feeling that we don't measure up, that we aren't who other people think we are, and so on and so on and so forth. Well, that self-consciousness and the insecurity that flows from it, that is the first consequence of sin, the Bible says, mm. right? And God wants to flip that. He wants to create security and a lack of self-consciousness. He wants to to wash away my fear for myself because that then enables me to give myself to others. 
right? Yeah. Uh, funny story. I remember when our, our son was a little and, you know, R- Rhonda would give him his bath in the evening and he had this weird habit. He would get out of the bathtub. She'd towel him off and he would run through the house giggling and saying, I'm a naked boy. Yeah. Now, most of us could never do that. Because we're too self-conscious, right? Yeah. But he, in his innocence, was able to do that. He yeah. was free to do that. Um, so when we lose our fear for ourselves because we've received God's grace, we no longer need to try and prove ourselves. We no longer need to dress up. We no longer need to create identities. We no longer need to protect ourselves. Instead, we're able to say, oh, hey, Brent, what about you? You know, uh, It's almost, uh, I just thought about the this parallel, right? You know, you see people who are... Um, People who are, they've got some money, but they're not, you know, keeping everything. They're usually trying pretty hard to yeah. look all put together and look their best. And then you go so far up the spectrum and you see someone who's a mega billionaire. They're walking around in sweats and a yeah. t-shirt. They just, they don't, they don't even have to worry anymore. They don't have this, that's this what God same wants air for us. of, yep. he wants that for us. Yeah, that's a good picture. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. To close out uh, this episode of the show, if you could leave folks with one short encouragement or reminder from yeah. this sermon uh, to focus on, what would you say? The only way you can fail is to quit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love how C.S. Lewis puts it. Maybe I'll end with this. He, he said, God is impossible to satisfy. He's a father, but he's easy to please yep. because yep. he's a father. And so this only let us live up to what we already attained invites us into that reality. You know, when I, when I grow, God is going to be pleased. And then he's going to say, yeah, Greg, you can grow some more. Let's go some more. Right. But he's not saying let's go some more because I fell short. You know, he, he's saying, yeah, that's the right direction. Let's keep going. Uh, so the Christian life is a direction, not a destination. And that is, in fact, the joy of it because it just goes on forever. You just keep growing forever and ever and ever in that way. So, yeah. Glory. Um, well, fantastic. That's all for this episode, folks. Greg, thank you so much yeah, you for coming on, for sharing with us. And thank you for joining us for another episode of Going Deeper. Going Deeper.